Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has had over 30 years experience helping families with their babies and toddlers and any of the challenges that you might face when you have small children. This is the time for you to ask Chris some questions. There's a number of ways you can do that. You can give us a call on 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. I must admit that is our preferred way to speak with you because then Chris can... um, alter her advice to whatever's going on for you because obviously babies and families are all different. You can also leave us a comment on Facebook if you're watching us via Facebook Live or if you happen to be watching this after we've gone live to air or listening to this after we've gone live to air, you can email us at conversation at kindling.com.au. We'll start with a question first from Pip, who has a one-year-old. This little one is struggling to sleep during the day. She follows the routine from your book, Chris, Bringing Baby Home. So Chris is also an author and has a book if you ever want to check it out. But since turning one a few weeks ago, she has stopped self-settling during the day and will sleep 30 minutes in the morning if she wakes at 6am and then screens the house down for her second sleep. Also, if she wakes later, will only have one day sleep around 11am but sleeps one hour and then won't resettle. Patting doesn't work to calm her anymore either. She sleeps through the night though, which is a good start. Yeah. I know at 14 months she should go to one sleep but she doesn't sleep long enough. What can I do to improve her day sleeps? Well, I think the first thing, Pip, is that this is a good age group um, to reconsider, you know, what to do with her sleep. Because some people would answer this by saying, just put her on one sleep. But I think she'd be so unsettled by the end of the day and be throwing tantrums that it would be a step backwards. So what I would try here is keeping her awake for three and a half hours in the morning and giving her a half-hour sleep that's incidental. That might be in the pram, going for a walk, or in the car. So it's not a very deep sleep, but it's a nice, restful sleep. And then put her down, say, around the one one thirty mark, depending on how that sleep goes, and see if we can get traction in creating a big after, or a bigger, or better sleep in the afternoon that will become the one sleep. So if you make that first 30 minute one in the car or in the pram, she should be tired enough at one o'clock to go to sleep one one thirty. The problem might be that she might only sleep for an hour and I would actually still continue to do some resettling for half an hour to see if we can get that going so she sleeps for an hour and a half so that when they come together she's sleeping about two hours. So try keeping her awake for three and a half hours between the sleep cycles and then try the morning one being a little bit more incidental and see if we can get some traction with the afternoon. Good luck with that, Pip. Next, we have Fiona on the phone. She has an 11-month-old, and Fiona's question is around bottle to bottle slash milk to transition. Sorry, yes. that was Fiona. Why don't you explain what you want to know? I obviously <laughs> mucked it up. <laughs> Thanks. So basically, just after um, the little one, 12 months. So after 12 yep. months, they transition to. Cow's milk. milk. Yeah. How do you how do you make that transition in terms of because he's still on three bottles so morning, afternoon, and night. Yep. Um, does he continue 
with that and keep yeah. some formula or do you just replace that with milk in the bottle? <laughs> you replace it with milk in the bottle. So oh, usually how okay. I do it is you, you can keep the three bottles of milk until you start weaning them down somewhere between now and 14 months, but but usually closer to 14 months. Mm-hmm. And what I do is transition across. So I just, some or most babies will handle one bottle of milk. So yep. in the morning I get up and I just yep. make that a cow's milk bottle. Okay, so just basically pour it from the carton. Into yep. The- you might yep, have to okay. warm it up a little just because he's used oh. to the formula being warmed a little. And yep. then, you know, after a few days, I give him two, which will be morning oh, yep. and lunch. And then yep. I use up all the formula in the last bottle until you get to the end of that bottle. And then I give him the third one. So that one oh, okay. usually works. And to transition him onto that, I start to give him a little bit of cow's milk, you know, in the days beforehand in a cup where he's getting familiar with the flavour of the milk. So that helps. So if it gets a bit tricky with that, um, another way of doing it is half formula, half cow's milk in all the bottles. And then over a few days, you're reducing the formula and increasing the cow's milk. So either of those ways will be fine. Perfect. He does have cow's milk in his cereal in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. so just put a little bit in the bottom of an open cup and you know how he's really excited if you've got water he wants to drink from your cup he'll yep. do the same thing and he'll taste the milk so okay. it's sort of hidden within his cereal so I think if you do a little bit of that pre this is what it tastes like the transition will be much easier for him great excellent and just one in the morning and then a couple of days later yeah. you do two and then that's right and the then just grade it up yeah. Ah, that's great. And then when do the bottles stop though? When do I stop giving an actual bottle um, and it goes just to... A cup. Yeah. So usually what I would do is at 14 months when they drop supposedly to two bottles a day, mm-hmm. then that drops the middle, the lunchtime bottle that just automatically right. drops. He just has one in the morning, one at, in the evening. Then yes. at 16 months, he has one in the evening. And then by 18 months, usually I try and get them off all sucking things like bottles. Right, okay, so 18 months. Yeah, 18 months. And you can just wean it down by that stage. Other people think it should be at 12 months, but I find they start waking again for fluid overnight. So I just do it in a graded way between 14 months and 18 months, and usually that works well for them. Fantastic. Chris, thank you so much. And That's I just wanted pleasure. to say you your show is a godsend to first time mums like myself. So oh. thank you so much. Thank you, Fiona. It's amazing. <laughs> I love time. Anything to say. So Thanks, Fiona. Yeah, we lost without you. So thank you so much. Oh pleasure. <laughs> That's Cheers. beautiful. Thanks, Fiona. Thanks again. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. Well, that's good. It's yeah. good to know you're making a difference, Chris. <laughs> um, we have a question from Megan, who yep. has a 12-week-old. I keep reading about the dreaded no. four-month sleep regression. My 12-week-old is currently a super night sleeper, only waking for breastfeed once at night between 2 and 4 a.m. Day naps are hit and miss, still working on linking sleep cycles. He self-settles for all sleeps and often uses a dummy to help settle. If the regression does hit us... One, what can I expect? Two, can I do anything to prepare? <laughs> and three, how should I manage extra nighttime waking in regards to feeding? I'm with you, Megan. I hear about the dreaded regression day after day. And I think people have this completely backwards. So firstly, I think it's a really difficult word for a parent to hear about their child regressing. If he was in kindergarten and the teacher tapped you on the shoulder and said, I'm so sorry, but your child's regressing, 
we'd be all really concerned about it. So let's put the positive spin on this first. At four months, babies are very alert and aware. So if you put a four-month-old on the floor and you walk behind them, they turn really quickly. They're um, aware of noises in the house. And so what happens at about the four-months mark is they're often moving in their bed and so they may wake earlier than expected. So if your little one's been sleeping from like seven till two and then having a feed and sleeping till six and has been doing that for a while, when they hit this four-month awareness, then what happens is if they've always slept till two before having a feed and he suddenly wakes at 11, I would resettle him because it's not about a feed. And I think where parents in their sleepiness and their tiredness is they hear a baby, they get up and they automatically feed it. But from four months, if you feed them at 11 o'clock, they will just keep waking every about every three hours to want to feed again. So the great question that you're asking, Megan, And thinking about it before it happens allows you to go, well, if my good little sleeper is sleeping till two and suddenly he wakes up at 11, I'll try and resettle him for a period of time to see if I get him back to sleep. And the people that I work with that do this, it takes three nights and then the baby's sleeping back till two in the morning or three in the morning. So look, let's be aware of it. And I think it'd be great to change the language around it. And in my training, we never, ever spoke about four or month olds waking up. So I don't know if it's a perception and also because we talk a lot more, you know, there's a lot, lot more chatter with parenting. Um, but generally speaking, if he's always slept till two, my expectation is he's going to sleep till two. And if he wakes at 11, let's see if we can resettle him and see if we can get him back to sleep again. Good luck, Megan. Uh, and yeah, you might be fine. Yeah, might, nothing. Might I know happen, just as many like babies it. who never wake up. So I'm yeah, not that sure. That must we all... be music to your ears, yeah. Megan. Uh, you're listening to <laughs> Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years' experience helping families, so you can imagine how many babies she has seen, how many toddler <laughs> toddlers she's helped parents with. So if you have a question, um, you can get in touch with us throughout the week by emailing conversation at Kindling. Dot com.au and um, of course you can call us on 1800 kids radio you're listening to kindling conversation with Siobhan hunt this question comes from Rodney hi ladies <laughs> I have a 10 month old who refuses to sleep anywhere but our arms during the day and in our bed at night safely. We've tried as many things as we can to get her into her own cot and stay there, but she just hysterically cries until we pick her up. It's only been like this since she was six months when she got tonsillitis and conjunctivitis one week later. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a a lot in a couple of weeks. She also sleeps through the night and has two one and a half hour sleeps during the day, recently dropping her third nap. Okay. So she's doing well in terms of timing. And I think it's just something that's built up over the past four years when it sounds like she would have been pretty sick with the tonsillitis and then conjunctivitis. And I think you need to take elements of what does reassure her and keep up with it. So at 10 months, um, she's sleeping well in the day. So she must be able to go down well in the day, I'm assuming, from this. And that you're not needing to put her in your bed in the day. It's just that something that's happening at night. So I would probably start this with 
continuing in your little routine that you do to put her down to bed, and that might have something to do with a story and a cuddle and a kiss and sleeping bags and quiet music and popping her down. And then when she wakes up, is going back in and giving her the reassurance, but putting her back down in her cot. So the first one I would be breaking is the sleeping in the bed, because that's one of the hardest to break. So you might let her cry for a couple of minutes, uh, depending on her cry, because she gets hysterical. Um, and everyone's version of hysterical is different, but I'm assuming she gets quite, she's 10 months old, so she gets quite worked up quite quickly. But when you go in there, the first thing I do is try and encourage her to put her head down. So kneeling on the floor and tapping the bed and saying, it's time to put your head down, doing that for a few minutes. Then from there, if she's getting herself worked up, pick her up, give her a little cuddle, but put her back in the bed. Now this will probably take you about three to five days just to change the behavior around being taken into your bed. And I think for parents, you need to look at the time frame that we're suggesting, three to five days, and you need to find a period of time where you have three to five days to do it. And that's a bit tough. So I always usually start these things on a Thursday, Friday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's not encroaching on the whole week um, and, and maybe disrupting somebody else's sleep as well. So let's look at the timing. Let's break one pattern at a time. So there's two things going on. There's the sleeping in the arms and sleeping in a bed. So pick her up, reassure her, put her down, leave for a few minutes, back in, tell her what you want to do, put your head down. If that's not working, pick her up, put her down. Now, generally speaking, you will see improvement really quickly. Then the second thing you've got to do is get her out of your arms because you don't want to put her to sleep in your arms. So same scenario, except where you would normally pick her up, I would lay her down and try and pat her. She's going to pop right up really quickly, step away for a few minutes, give her a few minutes, go back in, lay her down and give her a pat. So I think if you tackle this in two ways, I think you're going to get more traction and more long time sleep. Okay, so and I know it's very involved. And why wouldn't you do them both at the same time? Because she'll get hysterical quicker. Okay. So she's had two big um, um, messages. One is cuddling and one is in the bed. So usually I just pull one back. And, and so you haven't taken everything away from her all at once. You've taken one thing away and then she's got used to that and then you've taken the next thing away. So it's just a little bit, it, it takes a little bit longer. But I think it resonates with this age group a little bit better. Yeah, I was going to say also, Rodney, I think you've probably asked a question that lots of parents oh, are going yeah. to look into and say, yeah. that's what I need to do. So the, the way to do it, because you gave us a bit of information around how she goes to sleep, then we can work out how to step that back instead of having no information and then assuming we have to do control crying. So mm. we're just stepping it back and stepping it back again and see if that helps in her overall heavy sleep. at 10 months too. It is. It's even heavier at 13 months. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Um, our next question comes from Hannah. We have a 14-month-old who aches four times at night <laughs> and always has. Oh. We put her down around 7 p.m. She wakes around 7 a.m. Well, that's when we let her get up anyhow. She's slowly transitioning to one sleep yep. a day, which has only recently been around one and a half hours. Previously, yep. it was 30 to 45 minutes. So oh. they've gone up there. That's yeah, good. Yeah, that's better. We're guessing there's a few issues that could be contributing. We pat her to sleep in her cot. Yep. She's quite reliant on this, including for resettling during the day. Yep. She has a dummer, dummy, yep. sorry, and she's a very sucky kid. So yeah, I guess yeah. she likes that. Yeah. And one of us will sleep in her room in a single bed overnight, partly because we're too exhausted with all the wake-ups <laughs> to go between the two rooms all night, but also... Because I have insomnia oh, and no. find it hard to get to sleep again after her multiple wake-ups. Oh, no. 
even when my partner is doing the settling. How do we teach her better sleep hygiene and in what order do we tackle these issues? Is there any way to achieve this without giving up the dummy? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I think you need to make the dummy a friend in this one. Um, This, she... The good thing is she's got all these cues, so to speak. So the one I wouldn't take away is the dummy because that's the independent one. So the others all rely on you doing them. So patting and you physically being in the room. Lots and lots of parents fall into this trap of laying in the room because (laughs) they're too tired. But what unfortunately happens to the child is when they wake naturally, they see you in the room. So to a certain extent, you're part of the comfort. Now, we could sit here and argue the the pros and cons about that, but it sounds like this, that you want to get back in your bed so you're sleeping well and we need her to sleep well. So the first thing that you're going to have to do, I think it's good that you've weaned her to one sleep. I think that's really good. The first one out of this that I would stop is the patting because that's the physical one that she needs. Um, So uh, you could stay in the room. So again, like the previous one, I'd tackle this one at a time and pull them back. So um, when she wakes up, I'd give her a few, I'd lay there quietly and give her a few minutes to try. And a few minutes at a 14-month-old level could be 15 minutes or even 20 minutes. And the most I'd do when I get up is I'd lay her down or I'd tell her it's time for sleep and I'd give her a dummy and then I'd go back again. So we're going to use the dummy and laying it down as the comfort that she's getting instead of the patting. Okay, so lay her down, go away, you know, same thing, do it across the weekend, start on a weekend um, and, and just lay them down. Give her another few minutes, go back, give her a dummy and lay her back down again. It might be easier for you to do this out of the room. But generally speaking, I think she's getting some comfort from you sleeping in the room. The second one would be to take you out of the room. So the next one would be going back to your room. And you might do these one weekend after the next, after the next. So it has less impact. All of them are going to have an impact on your insomnia. So asking your partner to help out is really going to help here. And maybe you put in some earplugs in. And both of you being on the page on what you're doing is also going to help. So we're taking away the patting first. The second one would be the presence. So going to your room, extending the period of time, going back and only giving the dummy. If everything settles down, she wakes once a night for a dummy, you go and put it in and walk out. I think you're doing a good thing and let's keep moving forward from there. And in time, it will get better. And in time, her day sleep will get better. But it will take three to five days for each of these steps to improve because your alternative would be to do cold controlled crying where we just take everything away. And again, I think you'd end up with a hysterical baby by the end of it. Yeah, that would be mm. tough. Well, Hannah, good luck with that. I'm sorry to hear about the insomnia. That's just yeah. adding further so pain to the Yeah, so you have to really situation. work well together to do this because otherwise your insomnia will get much, much harder to do and, and really sit down and talk with your partner about the steps that you're going to do and be agreed to do it, even if you're doing them one weekend, the next weekend, the next weekend. So, you know, take your time and give consistency and I'm sure she'll settle down and 
you know, it'll get better for you. Good luck, Hannah. The next question comes from Tara. My one-year-old has always been a great sleeper. Thanks to Chris. <laughs> Thank you. However, recently he will not go to sleep with uh, without screaming and needing us in the room. Uh, what can we do to encourage him to self-settle again without needing us in the room with him? We haven't changed anything but his routine bath book bed yeah. about his routine sorry yeah, bath book bed. once asleep he sleeps right through the night but it's getting him down that's the battle this could be timing tara so it could be the timing with his day sleeps so um if you've been listening to what we've been saying with the sleep and you've got him on the one one year old routine that might be in the book or what we've spoken about here um you could drop his first sleep of the day down to 45 minutes um, and then the afternoon sleep to around that hour and a half to two hours. But it's from the wake up of that to the time of going to bed that sometimes people get that wrong. So if he hasn't slept well in the day, then you might need to put him to bed earlier. But more commonly with a one-year-old is that you might need to put them to bed later. So they're actually sleeping quite well in the day for them, for the mums. But the mums are putting them down between 6.30 and 7. And really, they probably need to go down more at the 7. So he's having his bath at 6.30. He's having his book at 10 to 7. He's having a feed. And then he's going down. And you might get a bit more traction with that. So um, because it seems to be that once he's down... He's sleeping perfectly well. So it could be a timing thing in this. Is, that's what I would be thinking first. Um, and then secondly, the, the residual behaviour after you've adjusted the time frame is just a little bit of letting him go for a few minutes, going and giving him reassurance, letting him go for a few minutes more and going in and giving him the reassurance. And coupling those two things together, we'll probably get some traction and his sleep will start to, um, his behaviour will start to decrease and he'll go to sleep a little faster at the end of the day. All right. Thanks for the question, Tara. This one comes from Gemma. She says, my little one is 11 months old and thankfully still sleeps well overnight from 7.30 p.m. till 6 a.m. Touch wood. Ah, good work. I understand that. Touch yep. wood. She was also a great day sleeper, having her morning sleep from 10 till 12 and her avo sleep at 3 till 4 and would self-soothe and settle most days. But very sadly, over the last two weeks, she's stopped going down easily for her avo sleep, playing, crying and screaming for yep. up to 30 minutes. Yep. After listening to your advice from a previous podcast, I've attempted to adjust her sleep routine to have a shorter one-hour sleep in the morning from 9.45 till 10.45 and a longer sleep in the afternoon from 2.30 till 4. But so far, this has been very unsuccessful and she is now mucking around at both daytime sleeps. What is going on? What is the ideal routine for an 11-month-old, including sleep meals and breastfeed times? Okay, so I think the initial thing is... um, she was initially going down quite late in the sequence. She was up for four hours because she got up at six and you were putting her down at 10. So she, she's yeah. up here. Right, yes. So she was already used to four hours of being awake. And then, so what she they do at her age is mimic that same time frame again. So when you were putting her down at three, it was a bit soon. So she was probably looking for another four-hour gap. If you look at an 11-month-old's timing, it's usually three, and a, three to three and a half hours, three to three and a half hours, and three to three and a half hours. So because she was used to staying up for four, I think she was mucking around generally on the second sleep because she wasn't tired enough when they were putting her to bed. But, of course, 
having to go down at four o'clock in the afternoon is too late because then it'd affect the seven o'clock or seven thirty when they were putting her down again. So I think that's where the initial problem was. So what I would have done is go back to your previous times, but shorten your day sleep, the first day sleep at ten to forty-five minutes and see if we can get some traction on your afternoon sleep. So what it'll do is, I think you need to keep her up till 10, because that's what she was used to, and do a 45-minute sleep there so she's rested. So, But then you're going to have to put her down more at 3.30 to 4 o'clock and give her an hour and a half, and then put her down three hours after that. So she's got to go down a bit later. So the timing is out. So when you pulled it back, into more the time frame that we talk about, um, she she couldn't handle that. So she's mucking around because she's not tired enough. So I think you're going to have to extend the day to get better sleep and then pull it back. That's quite tricky, but if you think about it, she was used to being awake for longer. She was used to being awake for four hours, whereas commonly we had them up for three to three and a half hours. So I think you're going to have to go back to the four hours, but decrease her morning sleep by a little bit and see if that helps. Okay. And um, eventually, I guess she's trying to prepare her for the daytime sleep. So she's more tired and ready for sleep when I put her in the cot. That yeah, that that's right. Well. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So sleep meals, she should have three meals and three breastfeeds and they fit in, you know, with breakfast, lunch and dinner and a morning breastfeed when she wakes up, one before she goes to bed in the afternoon, one before she goes to bed in the evening. Okay. Good luck with that, Gemma. Yeah. This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. She answers questions from parents everywhere that might have a few challenges with their babies or toddlers. It could be about sleep, could be about food. Um, there are so many families Chris has helped, and you would have heard that on the show today, people saying that it's made a big difference to have Chris's advice. Very kind. So please make sure you use this as a resource. Tell your friends, tell them to come and um, call us or Join email in. us. Yeah, and yeah. ask your questions. Our last question today, comes from Crystal. My daughter is nearly three and she won't sleep in her own own room from the age of 15 months. I think she's oh. having night terrors. At the moment, she's in our room right next to our bed so she can just get in ours. How can I get her back in her own room? We got her a big girl bed, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if she likes her room as well. What do you think? I think it's now learned pattern regardless of where it all started. So at 15 months, night terrors, um, the child is quite disorientated. Um, They're sort of not aware of their surroundings and they often respond if you leave them alone. Um, So I think that might have been what started this and incidentally you've picked her up and brought her into your own bed. Most parents would do that. And now it's just behaviour. Now she doesn't know how to sleep in a room on her own. So you've got her a big girl's bed, which is a good thing because now we've changed the environment of the room. It's not a cot. It's not a baby. You're a big girl now. Um, I'd help her get her to help decorate the room. You know, she might have her own little Elsa sleeping pillow or something like that something that makes it personally her own and then I would flip it around the other way I'd start sleeping with her in her room and get you sleeping on the mattress to may help her make a transition because I think she thinks your bedroom is everyone's bedroom so to just take her and put her in a bedroom on her own it's not going to work we're going to have to change this over slowly so one is we're going to sleep in her room 
um, and with the view that everyone's got their room to sleep with. And I think the beauty of a three-year-old is they can listen. They are cognitive, able to put the whole picture together. They can choose not to listen as well and not do it. But this is something that you could talk to her during the day. We've made you a big girl room. Daddy and mummy are going to help you to, you know, sleep in your big girl room now. That's your room. That's our room. So we're making it very clear who sleeps where because I think that's blurred a little bit. It's a we job instead of a your room and our room. The next thing is we're going to help her go to sleep. And this is where we pull out the thing that we like to pull out with this group, which is the bedtime um, explorers. Bedtime explorers. Used it last night. Yeah, so Bedtime Explorers, um, which is the the app or the podcast. App. It's on the app and on the Kindle app both, and on it? the podcast. Yeah, yeah, where you teach her to lay down and listen to something and she falls asleep in her bed. Because it's like a meditation, so there's a little story. We've got very ones. nice chimes in it that make me feel very relaxed. You might fall asleep too if you yeah. stay there. But there, there's two seasons. So the first season is like little adventures to like either yeah. the beach or the moon and then the second season is, is animals. animals. And it talks you through, talks the child through relaxing. Yeah, and it's a really good way of ending the day. And um, I have one friend whose little girl says, I'm not listening to that because you fall asleep. (laughs) We're (laughs) like, that's the idea. Um, But what it might do is allow her to relax in that room and understand that it is her room. And then at night when she wakes, I would always walk her back to her room. So walk her back to the room, maybe lay lay on the the mattress or sit in a chair and reassure her she can go to sleep back in her room. I think this will take a little bit of time, but I think if you set it up right, before you know it, she'll be sleeping in her room. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for your question, Crystal. And thank you to everybody who wrote in and asked questions for Chris. If we didn't get to your questions, um, please remember you can email us during the week at conversation at kindling.com.au or you can check out our website where Chris has lots of advice. It might be something you're going through as well. Head to kindling.com.au for that. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.